Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tiernan. What it do? Well, we have a lot up on the Philly Bandwagon today, don't we? We have the Sixers. Uh, we got the Flyers tomorrow, game four. Uh, we have Eagles training camp starting up in pads. And uh, we have the Phillies being the Phillies. Indeed. And to celebrate all that, we have a special guest, Brian Turner from the Turning 2 Podcast, to talk about it. Great interview. Hope you guys look forward to it. But let's get into what we're going to talk about. So the Sixers are uh, looking very Sixer-like and committing turnovers. Yeah. I mean, we're watching game one. It's only the second quarter, but... Uh, only know, the second. Only the second. Um, they haven't crapped the bed yet. 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 But they are turning the ball over, which is, you know, not great. They're getting called in for stupid fouls, which is, you know, why I hate basketball. But uh, other than that, yeah, they don't look too bad yet, but, you know, yeah. it's a long series. <laughs> I mean, Al Horford's Al Horford. Yeah, right. Um, Joel's looking good, though. And Bede had a six-step-back three, though. I'll give him that. Yeah, but... And shout to Alec Burks, by the way. He's the man. Yeah. He's great. Hope we can sign him. Let's bring him back. All right, we well, won't. <laughs> the Flyers, uh, they looked horrendous in Game 2. Yeah, Game 2 was a dumpster fire. I had to sit down for 15 minutes before I talked to anyone, or I would have yelled at them. Whoever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that. Even a puppy. Uh, no. That's hard. Puppies I mean, Puppies console you. We lost 5 nothing. I, I would... If I had a hamster, I would have yelled at it. Alright, fine. I'll well, give you that. Went right up to the cage and just... Yeah. Started just spilling out curse words at it. Yeah. While the thing's looking at me, and it would have no idea what's going just on. Just confused. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's on the record. Yeah. I would yell at a hamster. Yeah. <laughs> but then game three, um, you know, it was uh, interesting. It was game. a defensive battle. They came out and played a little more aggressively. Yeah. Um, they had 36 hits, 24 blocked shots. Only the one goal by Jake Voracek early um, in the first period. So we're going to take a look at game four. That's tomorrow. Uh, it's Tuesday. So uh, for you people that don't know what day it is, it's Tuesday the 18th. But I feel like Montreal has been a tough matchup so far. Very tough. Very tough indeed. Uh, their young skaters are really getting to us. Nick Suzuki's really rocking it out there. Uh, Domi's, I just hear his name everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. And then, as usual, we have Eagles training camp starting up. Uh, we're going to talk to Brian, especially about who he thinks is going to stand out and uh, what to look forward to this year. And the Phillies are currently the Phillies. Yes. So, I don't know what to come with that, and they better sign JT. <laughs> yes, please. That's the only thing I want. Yeah. Uh, so we do have to mention that support for the Bandwagon pro- Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Listen, I went on vacation a few weeks ago. I did not have manscaped yet in my life Mm. i had to shave the top of my shoulders wanted to look good out there you know yeah you know you don't want to be a an overweight man with hair on your shoulders (laughs) i used a crappy razor and guess what happened you got nicked i got nicked i cut myself it hurt it hurt really bad but manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer and the manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer, or just hair trimmer in general, I swear, and they've released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. 
And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom also in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show that mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by a USB. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience this firsthand. Trim that junk of yours or anywhere else and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And again, that's get 20% off and free shipping with code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. I messed it up later in the podcast, but again, 20% off (laughs) with free shipping at manscaped.com with code PHL. Do it. Cue the Rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Philly sports experience. Let's get in the huddle, talk some birds. birds. <laughs> All right, well, training camp started up. Um, I lied about the Sixers being more injured than the Eagles because it's already starting. Yep. Everyone's dying. Yep. Do we have just a plague upon this city? Is there a darkness that lingers over us that will never let us have a healthy football team for a duration of one damn season? Yep. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Spot on. You were that mad about the Sixers, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm furious. Yeah, okay. They suck. Yeah, they are really bad. Um, Well, you know, looking at the videos, wide receiving core looks okay. Young, but okay. Yeah, from what I've seen, um, Jalen Rager looks pretty good. Um, you know, even Quez Watkins looks pretty good. I haven't seen John Hightower yet, but uh, Dallas Goddard made a, made a sick catch today. Um. Yeah, but um, like you said, injuries are already starting. So, uh, you know, not looking good. Just another day to be alive as a Philly sports fan, huh? Indeed. Okay. But Wentz? I mean, he's hot. Yeah. He's pretty hot. He's pretty hot. Miles Sanders? Hot. Yeah, yeah. See, Darius Slay? Hot. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Mills not in the secondary? Well... I think he is. Yeah, he is in the secondary. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I just want one year. If you didn't know, Derek Barnett and Javon Hargrave apparently are hurt for what was quoted as significant time. So, uh, <sighs> Javon yeah. Hargrave, Hargrave is multiple weeks. I didn't hear anything about Barnett yet. Uh, Yeah. That could have been my own negligence and just not looking into it, but I, I don't want to be sad. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I already have. We probably should have looked into it, but we're, we don't want to be even more depressed than we already are, so you know, just let us have this one a little bit. Well, you know the Sixers are probably going to lose. lose by 10. Yeah, at um, least. Like they, they might not. No, they, they might, might lose wrong. by 5. 
Yeah, you know, it, it, <laughs> yeah, of course they would. <laughs> let's 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 move on to the Sixers because we got to talk about it at this point. This is ridiculous. I'm so mad. It's infuriating. Sixers suck. They turn it over every play. They have. Okay, so we're watching it right now. It's the third quarter, and Boston just hit a three, and they they just they can't keep the ball. They turn the ball over every other series. I just watch, and I literally just watched this three straight series. They give it to Embiid on the block. He gets double teamed. Someone steals it from him. They go down the the other side of the court. The Celtics get fouled and won. Three straight times it just happened. Three. And I don't even know how many turnovers we have. It's at least like seventeen or eighteen by this point. The Celtics one, have like six. At one point in the game, we had thirteen turnovers. The Celtics had one. Yeah, right. That's uh that's how you lose basketball games. We ended the first half having I think thirteen and to their four. That's a damn shame. Yeah. Because we are not that bad. We're just playing so poorly. Yeah, we're... Uh... I mean, and, and like the crazy part is the score doesn't really reflect that. No, it's only it 75 to 70 right now. At this point, yeah. But it shouldn't even be that close. No. That's the issue. It shouldn't be. I don't even know how we're still at it, honestly. If this was in Boston, we'd be, we'd be down by 20. If Al Horford were on the Celtics, we'd have been down by 30. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But no, now he's just eating up our space. Mm-hmm. Right. He's just, uh-huh. yeah. So there's that. Uh, the Sixers are not winning this series, so don't get your hopes up. Um, you know, they may steal a game, maybe two, but uh, that's all. That's it, you know. Unless Embiid plays ungodly out of his mind, uh, which I don't see happening. Uh, you know, and we'll get to that later on because our guest mentions that. Um, but yeah, uh, I just don't see it. I, uh, you know, if, if, unless they, unless they dramatically change things, which goes back to Brett Brown and he won't do it. God, but it's only game one and I'm already seeing him get, get, get out coached by Brett Stevens, Brad Stevens, by the way. Yeah, but that's because Brad Stevens is a good coach. Right. He knows how to change. He knows how to coach. He, he knows how to change up the He knows tempo how to coach a championship level team, unlike um, this clown on the other sideline. When something's not working, he knows to say, oh, hey, guys, you know, we might have to adjust this. Yeah, let's change this up a little um, bit. No. They're really, hey, look, you know, they're really thriving when we're playing like this. Let's play it up, change it up, and see if we can get some attacks going on here. Yeah. And Brett Brown would just be like, Oh no! Let's it's not working. Give it to it, it's not give working. It to They'll steal it every time down the court. And we gotta foul them when they're shooting the ball. Oh, you know, I I just really wanted to draft Zaire. Yeah, Zaire. 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 He's giving us good minutes out there. What good minutes? He played five in his total in his career. You know, I I told Ben. You know, he gotta shoot threes, and all season he didn't do it. And I don't know why. He didn't say that. I know he didn't say that, but pretty much <laughs> did. <laughs> what is the point, man? There is no point. Dude, he needs to get out, man. Why is he here? He's the last remnant from the process that has just lingered here. Remember Rocco? He lingered like a bad fart. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. Right. And no, no, he's not one of them just... He's not just a fart. He is one of them ones that's like, oh. Yeah. He's a room clear. He's a shark. Oh, that's yep. aggressive. He's a shark. Wow. He's a shark, but the person who sharted leaves the shit in his pants. Wow. 
I'm surprised that you're comparing Brett Brown to a... Uh... To literal shit? Yes, I am. Wow. Well, I, I, thought mean, that would, I, I thought that would be something that I would say, but... <laughs> yeah, coming from you, Chip, I, mean, I think no, it means but something. Like, he, you're right. He's just, li- he's just hanging around. There's no point to it. He needs to be fired. Please, for the love of God, Elton, make it happen, because we're not winning the series. And if we do... He's going to stay. <laughs> I like don't want them to win at this point. I, do, I don't. You can't it, say he, that, though. You can't no, no. say that. If he if we win, he's staying. There's no there's no <sighs> ifs, ands, or buts. No, if, if he loses in the playoffs at all, he should be out because this is no, a championship. No, that's not how no, it is. This is that's a championship. No, it, this is listen, a championship caliber roster. I agree, but that's not how it is. Elton's like, yeah, you beat the Celtics. Good job. Here's your job for next year. That's that's how it is. That shouldn't be how it is, though. Well, if, that happened, is. if that happened in any other franchise, he'd be out the door. Well, that's the way that's the way things roll in Philly. You win or get the hell out of town. I agree, man. I I want him out, even if we win. But we're not going to. We need in order for in order for Brett Brown to be fired, we have to lose the series. Now, I of course I don't want them to, but that's what's going to have to take. You know, and here goes another thing too. We looked at the Eagles, the Chip Kelly saga. They knew they had to get rid of him. Correct. You look at the Flyers with the Dave Haxtell saga. Correct. It was time. Get Correct. the hell out of here. The Sig- the- Brett Brown and the Sixers have been the only coaching situation where people have actually shown sympathy for this guy. Right. This guy has no clue what he's doing out there. No, none. He is their friend and friend only. There is no change of tempo. There is nothing showing me that this is a winning team other than the talent that's out there yep. that he doesn't even know how to properly utilize to win games. He can win games, but he won't get his. Oh my God! He won't get out of his own head and change the goddamn. Oh my! Change the game plan. Change it a little bit. Something. At least, just give me something. Change something. I mean, even if it's little. I mean, th- we're watching this game right now, and nothing has changed. Absolutely nothing. No, it, it, the but Celtics it, play defense. We settle for threes. We get we turn the ball over. I mean, it's the same song and dance for the last what four years. We can't hit free throws. We turn the ball over. There's no changes being made. We've seen this for the last what four or five years. No, the you know, the biggest thing is the goddamn turnovers. Oh, it's infuriating. And and miss miss free throw. I've said this before. Miss free throws and turnovers are the most infuriating thing to watch as a fan. It's just... And the game's tied. Like, like how, is this, how is this possible? The game is tied. I don't... Uh, dude, I just... I don't know. Are we living in limbo right now? I don't know what's happening. But they're playing... They're playing okay. horribly. Well, they, they, they're on a 9-0 run, but... No, but, like, listen. Def- we're giving up easy shots. They're just missing them right now, thankfully. And we, we, we're just... We're hitting our threes. But we're not going to do that for the long haul. We're settling for threes. That's all we do. It, 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 and, yeah, we're hitting them. But we're not going to be hitting them forever. Unless we do, which would be great, but we're not going to. This is years worth of frustration coming out right now. Also, I just want to mention, too, Embiid still, still plays at the top of the key. Still. Embiid is a center. Well, yeah. Embiid is the center of this team. He's the center of attention. He's our main offensive threat. He's best at the block, and you're putting him at the top of the key. Tell me how that makes sense. Tell me. It doesn't. It really doesn't. 
And that has been happening for years. Brett can't control these guys. You know, these guys are generational talents. If you're a good coach, you say to Embiid, go to the block or get out. No, 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 no. And this is, don't, let me finish my point here. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, even though Ben Simmons isn't playing right now, they are generational talents. They are. Brett doesn't know how to control a generational talent. Absolutely. And I don't mean dominate his life. I mean tell him how he has to play to win. And he, he doesn't have that. He needs to. He, he is their friend right, first. Exactly. That's not. That's not a, ma- a game manager. That is not a coach. If you're if you're a coach with a, with generational talents like the Sixers have, like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, you have to one learn their game. What what are they good at? Two, you have to apply that to your offense or your defense, whatever they're good at. But you have to apply what they're good at to your team in order for them to succeed. That's what you need to do. Ben Simmons is a great passer. He is a wonderful defender. He can shoot. He can. He just does it. And that's where you got to ha- come in as a coach and be like, listen, Ben, you would be a 50 times better player if you would shoot the ball. But Brett Brown doesn't say that to him. Embiid, on the other hand, he puts him at the top of the key. As a coach, you say to Embiid, go to the block where you're best, where you're an all-star, where you're a generational talent, and go to work. Don't stay at the top of the key shooting threes every other possession. That's what Brett needs to do, and he hasn't done it for the last four years. That's when you know you've got to get rid of this guy. I'm sorry. See... And it's 79-75 Sixers right now. I don't know. I don't really know what's happening. And we're this angry. I don't know what's happening. And if I'm the only, if we're the only Philadelphia fans that are this frustrated with what Brett Brown has done with this team. I I can't. I'm. We're not the only ones. Let me just say that. Yeah, but there's Brett Brown truthers out there. Oh, there is, of course. There that is. will stick there's... up for this guy until he until they're dead. Well, no matter who it is, there's going to be truthers out there. There was truthers for Gabe Kapler last year. Gabe Kapler. Uh, no, 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 no. This no. is this is Phil's nation. Phil's nation tweeted out. You even showed me the tweet that their timeline looks an awful lot like it was rewound a year <laughs> it does, yes. with Giants fans complaining Giants fans about complaining. Gabe Kapler. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's all that I was going to say. Okay. I don't want to I don't want to get into Gabe Kapler last year. It's all in the past. Well, he's in he's on, he's the, on island. the island. He's yes. on the island. He's on the island, right? I'm sorry. Man, how many you put someone on the island recently? I don't remember who it was. I see. And this goes Brett back Brown? Yeah, this goes back to the sympathy. Is that, that what who's that who I put? I might have put Brett Brown on there. I think yeah. I mean Sorry, I needed a sip of water after that ramble. That was a little too much. Yeah, I kind of got loud there. Sorry. I, uh... It, we're just passionate, okay? I mean, we're a little angry, too, because it's, it's frustrating. But we're just passionate about this stuff, all right? We want to see the Sixers succeed so badly. And it's just... We, we watch the same thing over and over, and it gets... That's the definition of insanity. Watching the same thing with imagining a different result. Is that, how, is that the saying? I don't even know the saying. It's something, something along those lines. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It, I mean, we're just, we just want to see them succeed. And we know, we know that they can't. Like, it would be different if we knew they sucked, like, in the process. But we know what they can do. We know the potential of this team. And it's, they're, they're nowhere close to, where, to, to it right now. It's a Monday. 
my head hurts. Yeah. And I need a six pack. <laughs> the last thing that I wanted to think about was how much Brett Brown has pissed me off over the past four years. Mostly last year. How do you lose with that team? You know what's ironic, too? They're, they might win this game. <laughs> like, I mean, I, you know, they might, the Celtics might come back and destroy us, but they, they could win this game. And then tomorrow people are just going to crap on us. But you know what? You know, I don't even care if the Sixers win this game. I would love it. We need to make sure that Brett Brown's still out of here. Yeah, no matter what happens. Unless he wins the championship, which he's not. He's not. I'm letting you know. He's not. He better be out of here. Correct. No questions. No, no, no. If, yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, people have proved me wrong before, but I have been Brett proved. Hasn't done it. <laughs> I I have been out of the two of us. I have been the Brett Brown naysayer. Oh sure. Even I jumped on the bandwagon recently. I'll give you that. Yeah, you said it. I did. I said um, it. I said the thing. But I've just never seen any success out of him. No. Nah. And when we do have success, it's temporary, and then yeah. we just collapse. Yep. Sure, we've gone on some streaks, but it's never lasted. How are Especially we on the playoffs? How are we the sixty this year? Yeah, I couldn't tell you that. We're better than the Pacers. We're better than the Heat. I mean, we beat Celtics three out of four times. We should beat the Raptors, but we can't for some reason. We beat the Bucks a few times, I think. All right, I'm done. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I just want them to win, man. Embiid. Help me. Just a process. Just a process. <laughs> There's a bead there and a bead there. On the TV and, and on, on my laptop. On the TV and on his laptop screen. As a heads up to you guys who are listening, guys and gals, um, Joel Embiid, with his hands out like Jesus Christ Almighty, yeah. has the been the background of my computer with his autograph that says, Toss the process. And every single time we go to record... One of us usually points at it yep. and says, toss the process, like that. <laughs> now, sorry for making fun of you, Joel. We, I mean, we but love, we love you. We freaking love you. You are the mayor Yeah. of Philadelphia. And just we, remember like, that. Like, we love ben, like, we love the players. Like, we love Ben Simmons, but we just know how good he can be if you just took that st- extra step, you know? You are. We may crap on you for not shooting, but we still love you. Now he's not listening, of course. The only but stop. The only person <laughs> that needs to really go is Brett. Yep, indeed, no question. And Brett, you know, no disrespect to you as a person. Probably a great guy. I mean, listen, you, you've served your purpose, yes, and it's time for exactly. you to move on. He helped us. He helped us get over the hump. You know, he helped us come from the the bottom. And well, we get into this during our interview as well. So let's let's go ahead and get to our interview. Uh, I'm going to introduce Brian Turner from the Turning Two podcast, uh, newer podcast out on the market, been out for a few weeks now. Uh, really great takes, hilarious guy. You know, you'll love him. All right, we're going to cut to it. All right, and we welcome on Brian Turner from the Turning Two podcast. How you doing, Brian? Good. What's going on tonight? Uh, you know, we're uh, living the dream, praying to Christ that the Sixers don't blow this. No, you need the Sixers to blow. We got to end this Brett Brown era. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. You're right, because if he does somehow win this series, then he's not going anywhere. Exactly. But then again, if he doesn't, do you think that this would lead to a possible Elton Brand firing, if he continues to just suck? 
No, because if you go to the history of his ownership, they don't like to let GMs go. They don't like to fire coaches. Uh, Sam Hankey would be here if the NBA didn't step in. But this is why you got Al Horford was to beat the Celtics. Exactly. Do you think and we're going to see can't do it. Al Horford that faced us this year? Wait, say it again. Do you think we're going to see the Al Horford that faced us this year? No, we haven't. He hasn't shown that at all. It's you come here and you're done. It's it's every sport, but this is an Al Horford. This is the old Al Horford that you expected at some point. We just we had to experience it. The Celtics didn't. Uh, on, on a near max contract, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 bad. I mean, uh, the Elton Brand hasn't really done much, you know, and he can't keep changing the roster over and over again and expecting anything, any kind of result to bear. At, at what point does this solely fall on Brett Brown? We've seen him year after year after year not learn how to change an offensive game plan mid-game. Uh, this is on Brett Brown. I understand giving him a couple years because of, you know, he had to go pretty much ruin his career. Uh, even if the Sixers won three championships, he'd have to go like 82-0 and 0 for four straight years just to get to 500. So he, he committed career suicide. He'll never be in the Hall of Fame. Not that that's what coaches coach for. But I understand giving him the leash, but it's this is the third year of him not being able to tell Ben Simmons, you got to shoot a three in a league where everyone shoots a three. He's just – he's got too familial of a relationship with Ben Simmons because he's known him since he was a kid to ever get in Ben Simmons' face and try to make him a better player. So does this just pre- – what you're pretty much saying is he can't be Ben Simmons' boss, he can only be his friend. Correct. And and I was willing to give some time to see if that would change because, you know, once coaches feel the heat, you know, they, they're going to do whatever they can to uh, keep your job. And he won't. He won't. It's, it's like his father, he just won't yell at him. So, uh, do you see any of that changing ever, or unless Brett Brown is out of here? It's yeah, not I, it's, it's uh, absolutely. It's just on Brett Brown. This will change with any coach. I don't want Tom Thibodeau because he. I mean, obviously, he just got uh, signed by the Knicks. But uh, you need a guy in his the vein of Tom Thibodeau, a guy who will yell and demand stuff. And it's not uh, if he starts demanding things. This next coach that comes in, which he has to, be, then you get Joel, who's going to do something to get better. He just doesn't seem like he's motivated. And I don't think Brett Brown motivates. They should be motivated to win for him because of what they know what they had to go through to get to where they are today. And they just don't show him any respect. Well, you mentioned Joel Embiid. Do you see him, you know, this series, uh, you know, kind of taking over or he's going to, is he going to play that the way he has been playing? No, I think he's, I, I just don't think he's in game shape and he, has been told since he's come over from Africa that he's a, a generational talent and he doesn't want to put the work in. I, he gets called out by Charles Barkley once a month for being lazy. And everybody's watching Charles Barkley. It, that should inspire somebody to say, I, I got to do better. And there's no inspiration. So he'll get outworked. Uh, he's their only option, really, offensively. And he'll take his 15 jump shots a game and bail out his defender. Yep. And it'll be the same story that it's been the last three years. Why is Joel Embiid even taking jump shots at this point? Uh, there's no like, – especially now and now, I mean, even with Ben Simmons in the lineup, 
You know, you, you, you can't – this is a guy that is one of the best players down on the block, and he just doesn't do, – he doesn't do that consistently. consistently. Um, I mean, you know, going back to Ben Simmons, like, I know he's I know he's out for the year and there's nothing we can do, but do you see – like, would this series be different, do you think, with Ben Simmons in the lineup? I, I don't think so. Uh, the Sixers have a huge spacing issue, and I think it's Brett Brown not coaching that thinking that players know how to get into space and how you know where they got to be on the court so you it, it could be extremely elementary these guys need to hear it and Brett Brown as soon as they do they're always out of position if Simmons is on the court or not they already have a natural spacing issue when Simmons and Embiid are all on the court together this should open things up and it doesn't they still they all run in the same spots they uh, you shouldn't have to see guys directing guys where to go like on almost every possession <laughs> I, I don't think you could hit the nail on the head better. Yeah, right. Um, let's. Uh, I know they're the hot topic tonight, but let's shift away from the disappointment that have been the 76ers this year, and let's talk some Flyers. So, with the Flyers this uh, this series so far, coming off of the round robin play, they looked nearly unbeatable, and Montreal made them look like an elementary school team in Game Two. Um, now, I knew they're not going to win every single game that they play, but to just come out and lose that, like, just terribly. Um, what gets this team to actually succeed on the power play? Because they are just not doing it. I I don't know what it is. They, they're, they are confusing. I kind of think that the way they've looked these last three games is kind of what they were, especially what they were earlier in the season. Um, it's kind of showing up again. Uh, Montreal has like doubled our production, the Flyers' production. I they're, they're barely winning, and I think that they can't match the speed of Montreal. Last night they looked better. Whenever guys were were coming down on Hart, they seem to be clearing them out. But Montreal's fast, and the Flyers do have some speed, but they they can't. Claude Julian having uh, heart issues might have been the best thing for Montreal because Kirk Muller has them playing much faster. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like the, the second game specifically looking at it, the Flyers weren't getting any hits in. They were being bullied on the ice. And in the third game, you see that they came out and they had 36 hits. Is that something that Elaine Vigneault definitely addressed? I would assume so. Um, but what are, yeah. the, what are the keys for them taking the next game? That's that's the one thing I – when last night's game started, I – I almost said, oh, no. I thought they brought in team advisor Paul Holmgren to inspire the bully attitude in them because they were, I mean, it was nice to see the aggression, but at the same time, I'm always worried because that the Flyers took 10 years in this new style of play to realize you can't just, it, you got to beat teams, not beat them up. And I think that kind of played, that was an advantage last night that they said, we'll punch it right back in the mouth. And it, it worked out. I mean, they won by the slimmest of margins, but I just think you're going to have to. It's this is just a matchup nightmare for the Flyers. Just the speed they can't. It just seems like they can't handle it. And if hopefully they get out of this first round, and they win it because I don't think you're going to see these issues with the other teams. They're just not. As, I just think Montreal is really fast. I think the only other team you might see an issue like this with would be the Islanders. Um, yeah, but. When you're looking at our top line, too, and the production that they had, 
Jake Voracek scores last night, but we're not getting yeah, Claude Giroux, I, I don't – he's not old. I, 32. But Claude Giroux just doesn't look like the Claude Giroux that we've seen over most of his career. He just doesn't seem to have, like, the intensity. I think he forgot he can actually shoot the puck. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. Do. I mean, because we were watching the game together, and, you know, we, we were mentioning – I mean, there was just a lot of passing going on. And with too much passing, you're going to have turnovers because, you know, you're not going to have a perfect pass every time. But, I mean, these guys got to shoot more. I mean, like, you know, because offensive – we only had one goal, obviously, last night. So, like, what – you know, what do you think needs to change offensively? Is there need to be, you know, like, switch up the lines? Or what do you think needs to change? Well, uh, Michael Roffle I, – I haven't liked Michael Roffle in full disclosure his entire career. I, I think Faraby should stay in there. As far as line changes, I don't know what you, how much you're going to be able to do right now to 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 counteract what Montreal's doing. Uh, I mean, Carey Price is just a brick wall. Yeah, we too. know that. There's that too. <laughs> um, and now, I want to talk to penalty uh, yesterday against Domi. That was spearing. They didn't call it. Yeah. I feel like the Canadians have been getting away with a lot more than we have. Have you seen that in the series? Oh God, I hate blaming penalties. I, I, I can't. I'm, I'm just gonna sit this one out because uh, it's like my number one pet peeve in any sport is saying that the the refs are against us. Yeah, fair point. I'll it, take it. It was spirit. I'll, it was spirit, though. I'll, I'll take the heat, but it was spirit. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's move on to your favorite, uh, the Phillies. So after being five and nine, come back eight and nine. Uh, they just can't seem to get an offensive, a, a, a consistent offensive lineup out there that can actually succeed every single game, and their bullpen is cancerous. Uh, will they make any moves by the trade deadline to fix that bullpen? Absolutely not. They have nothing in the cupboard to make a move. Uh, I actually, on my last episode, spent 45 minutes talking about the last 20 years of first-round Phillies draft picks. And... This this franchise, because there's been a couple you know, four GMs uh, in those 20 years that made the pick. Um, they they can't draft to save their lives. They can't make any bullpen adjustments. They can't help because they they don't they have nothing to offer a team. Now, per yeah. Phil's Nation from our website, Philadelphia Sports Nation. There were several veteran bullpen arms, including Bud Norris and Anthony Swarzak. And Francisco Liriano, Chip just reminded me, brought into camp this spring. Why weren't any of those guys brought in on a cheap deal? Compared, hundred percent. I'll tell you why. Because they were going to put push the Phillies closer to the luxury tax, and John Middleton will go buy the Tesla, but he won't buy any kind of warranty plan with it. <laughs> oh man, and, I could have said and, it better and that's myself. What it comes, it, that's what it comes down to. It's yeah. just they don't want to go near the luxury tax. And you went and spent three hundred thirty million dollars on a guy, and you're gonna, and you're just gonna piecemeal together with guys who are still other either arbitration eligible or you know they got the first three years of their deals already kind of slotted into what they're gonna get. You know, I mean, speaking of luxury tax and money, why hasn't this team signed JT Realmuto? It it doesn't make any sense because every Every 
home run RBI hit is just another $10 million on the length of the deal. And I don't think they're going to sign him. And that's what sucks because they're going to go, they're going to have a labor dispute. And Real Muto is going to be the poster boy for the MLBPA labor negotiations. And it sucks because it's going to be a Philly that's going to be the, the, the reason why players complain. And it, Rightfully so. There's no need, there's no reason why he isn't signed. Right. He I, is, I, he's the best catcher in the league. He is the best catcher in the league, offensively, defensively, hands down. And you know, coming off that year, signing Bryce Harper and saying you have stupid money. Well, why aren't you spending on the things that matter? That's the thing. They initiated talks with Harper before they signed. You know, when they initiated talks, he pretty much said, "John, go get JT." He's great friend and yada 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 that's why he said sure we'll do it so you were listening first you should never set the precedent where players dictate roster moves but when you did that why are you not listening to Bryce anymore right I mean every time uh, Real Muto hits a home run you see you see Harper doing something letting them know to sign JT and and they still haven't done the fact that they have not done I mean he should have been signed in the offseason is the bottom line the fact that they still haven't done it is is idiotic if he hits free agency, he's gone. 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 So if he hits free agency and signs somewhere else, Bryce Harper's going to force his way out of here. Yeah, and no he question. Should. He's going to be furious. He's going to yep. be furious. No question. Yeah, the Philly, I, I, they, they frustrate me more than the Dream Team did back in the day for the <laughs> Eagles. Just because they, they, it's a very hateable team, but it, it's all about ownership. It's just, it comes down to John Milton being cheap when, it doesn't make any sense. So, is there is there any hope for the future of the Phillies at all at this point? Or do we just have two big names on a roster with no bullpen at all and no pitching? Uh, I The Phillies aren't set up for the future. They've, But if you look at their history, they've never been set up for the future. Except if you go back to, like, uh, they drank a chase in 2000. So, maybe in the year 2000, 2001, they had a bright future, but... They, I, I think it'll click at some point for them. Um, I'd rather lose games eleven to ten than lose them eleven to two. I mean, right. that's an easy one. But uh, I, I think maybe. But I, I don't know if Joe Girardi. I don't even know who the right coach was. I thought he could get the most out of you know less talent, but the bullpen is just too bad for for an, an, even a great offense to overcome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's really all you can say about the Phillies at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean every time we mention the Phillies, we go immediately to the bullpen. I mean that's well, know. and Vince Velasquez just being terrible. Well, yeah, but and two runs, Tommy. Yeah, Hector Neris. Dude, t- t- talk about two run Tommy, right? Now look, <laughs> the next time he comes out the pitch, hopefully I'm I'm praying that he gets a strike three looking call to end the inning, right? And Comcast will go back to that that camera angle that's behind the catcher in the stands where a fan would be. Yeah. He reminds me, his face while he's delivering that pitch it looks like Chris Farley and Billy Madison when he's threatening to turn the bus around. <laughs> he's got veins popping out of his neck. It's just like, I mean, he's already a bigger dude, but uh, what that man goes through to throw a pitch, you know, to home plate, Lord have mercy. <laughs> and to give up a two-run home run any, right. any inconsistent time. But, all right. Yeah. So we have one more topic to go over. And we saved the best for last. We know you're a big Eagles guy. What do you think of the team this year? What do you think of the draft? Uh, who do you think is going to be the uh, star rookie of the year for the Eagles? 
And um, what are your opinions on Alshon Jeffrey is the final question. Alshon Jeffrey is a cancer. Mm. Mm. And he needs to be he needs to be moved off the team. Um, he's not uh, because they have no wide receivers. I don't know what this year is going to be because of the COVID. It's, I, it's anyone's guess, you know, because you don't know what team's going to get affected what weeks. It, it's going to be a very weird season. As far as rookies of the year, I don't. I have no faith in any of the rookies. Uh, you see two more linemen went down today. Mm-hmm. Dillard, uh, right? What's that? Dillard, right? Uh, Hargrave and Barnett. Oh, da- yeah. Oh, Barnett did go down, too. Yeah, and Hargrave. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, for a team that doesn't spend in the secondary and try, you know, I mean, they did get um, Darius Slay this year, so maybe that's a little bit false, but for most of the time, they don't invest in the secondary because they the philosophy is the line will help out the secondary. I mean, I just don't know if we'll ever see another good defensive line on this team because they just the guys can't stay healthy. Right. And that's the problem, too. I mean, you know, y- yes, we have a good defensive line, but they can't stay healthy. And, you know, not investing in the secondary, like you said, and or in the linebacking core, you know, they – they can't lean on you know, the secondary or the linebacking core to step up when the defensive line is down. That's the problem with the right. team. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, this it's you know when when we do have a healthy defensive line, we're we're a hard team to beat. But that's rare. That's you know that's a rare occasion. Few and far between. Yep. Right. Also, when we have a yeah. wide receiver core that isn't made up of um, no names, people they Greg picked up Ward. King. Greg yeah. Ward. <laughs> Uh, like we like we were in a playoff game yes last year and we were hoping a quarterback turned wide receiver was was, was going to step up like wh- what were we selling ourselves? <laughs> um, you know, a, a boy can dream. We we can try and then be. And devastated. then we drafted Jalen Rager. Like the, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I love the Eagles and I and I don't like to talk down on them especially because we're not that far removed from the Super Bowl, but dear Lord. Now, when dear Lord, I think it's time It's time to start calling out Howie Roseman. Everybody, a broken clock's right twice a day, so maybe he got the, you know, that, that 2017 year was just his mightest touch, and that's it. Now, what about, you know, you talk about Jalen Rager. Um, I, I think he's talented, but I think it was a reach. Uh, who would you mm-hmm. have taken in that position? Uh, Judy, wasn't he available? No. No, Jefferson was. No, uh, no, where did, where, I can't think of his name right now, but the, the guy the Cowboys felt. Oh, oh C.D. Lamb. Lamb. He wasn't available either. Well, yeah, that was a pick before him, right? The like, Eagles? Yeah, it was like a couple picks before We them. could have traded up. Okay. I was furious. But we 100% could have traded up. That's the thing. I think, it wasn't San Francisco's pick? Uh, Atlanta's. Yeah, Atlanta's, yeah, yeah. Okay, my bad. Um, terrible knowledge from that weird <laughs> draft, but... Anyway, the, the, the Sixers, I mean, the Sixers, Christ, I'm watching. The, fly, the Eagles <laughs> uh, were in position to make a trade to get him, especially when he kept dropping and, and falling down. And it, it got easier for you to make the trade, and they didn't do it. I really think they wanted Rager from the jump. Yep. And and they were happy to, to see him fall there, and they could keep their draft equity so they could go take, you know, Jalen Hurts in the second round. And Why? Yeah, why? Yeah, that's our next question. Why was that? A, yeah, why did that happen? Like, I thought immediately, okay, cool, they're gonna 
they their wide receivers suck, so they're gonna do, may use them as that like Kyle Jusic or whatever. I can't say his name ever. Yeah, and they're gonna use him in that weird position. Uh, but they're dead set on him being a quarterback. So it really does make no sense. Right. So. so you think that they were going to try? You thought they were going to try to do something like Sean Payton's doing down in New Orleans with Taysom yeah. Hill. Yeah, um, which is a joke. I mean, that guy. Uh, I don't understand how he got paid the way he does for the production he puts up. You know, every one of his runs, every one of the plays that are runs with him are highlights because he's just. It's it's a very. It's a, it's a sight to see to watch him run because of his stature and it. It just looks like. Uh, it looks like rugby sevens when he when he has the ball. Yeah, <laughs> and but but he's not like a forty million dollar player. No. So I don't know. I thought that that's maybe that's what they were going to do. Have uh, Hurts in a hybrid role, but I guess with Wentz's health, they they want to have that guy. I just don't know. Go invest in a in a backup, a good backup. I don't. I'd rather do that. Second round picks. Should be on the field, right. like, day one. Exactly. All right, so we have two more questions for you. Uh, this <clears> next question is brought to you by Manscaped. Use code PHL for 20% off on your next order. Go to manscaped.com, 20% off on your free order. On your order, excuse me. Plus free shipping. Plus free shipping, code PHL. Um, with drafting Jalen Hurts, do you think that that has at all slipped into Carson Wentz's mind? Uh, do you think maybe Howie Roseman is kind of thinking Carson may be on the way out? Not at all. I, Carson, he's a strong guy. And, and, you know, not to get, like, religious, but I think that his dedication and faith has him, like, unwavered. And I I don't think that he – I just because I experienced the same thing with Cobb and McNabb, and it was – it's way different. You know, Donna McNabb made no bones about it to anybody who had uh, a set of ears that – you know, he was unhappy in the way he felt about some of the things that went on. So, and Carson hasn't done that. You know, I mean, the Alshon Jeffrey stuff, even that, that, you know, he's never complained to anybody. So, I think mentally there's not a better player. Well, there could be a better player, but he's not a guy who's going to be rocked by, you know, roster management. In fact, he probably, you know, is happier because he knows if he goes down, he's not the – the glue that holds the team together. Well, that's great. I mean, I, I think you're right. I, I think that Carson really does bring something to this team that really is Philly. He doesn't really let up, and he just keeps grinding through. Um, you've seen injury after injury from him, but he just keeps coming back, and he slings yards with no wide receiving core last year. Uh, so if that's not proof of his dedication, I don't know what is. Um, the last question I have for you is tell me a little bit about your podcast and, uh, let's, let's, this is your time. Let, let's hear about you. Yeah. So I just started a couple weeks ago. Uh, I've never been afraid to give an opinion on anything. So, I uh, decided, let me just try this out, see what goes on. Um, right now I have it pretty sports centric, uh, because I just feel like any topic outside of sports is politicized right now. I just think in the in the climate we are in with the rest of the world that I'm just not going to talk about anything because I don't want to get pigeonholed. Not that I'll, I I get political on it, but I just don't feel like debating or having you know that kind of narrative 
So I, I just try to keep it basically about sports. Um, I'm a pretty angry sports fan, as most Philadelphians are. I'll never shy away from the Negadelphian label. <laughs> so just decided to uh, rail against the teams. Pretty much the Phillies, they, they get me frustrated the most. Uh, the podcast called Turning Two. I'm on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, a bunch of different uh, hosting sites. And uh, on Apple, you can search Turning Two. I'm the second one down. It's Turning Two with Brian Turner on the cover. Uh, Spotify is a little tough. They Their search algorithms are uh, really, really strange. And uh, so when you go on there, you have to go down to like the 30th result and whatever. But um, if you go to my Twitter, twitter.com slash Petty Canoodler, you'll see some links or you can hit me up. Uh, turning to pod at gmail.com and I can send you a link if you use Spotify but Apple podcast is, is simple it's turning to on the second result so I just talk about I try to record every week um, just talk for 45 minutes about what's pissing me off with Philadelphia sports sometimes uh, I spent the uh, second episode railing against Comcast Sportsnet for 30 minutes alright we look forward to it <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Like, I'm um, I'm just tired of Comcast Sportsnet. I'm tired of them not dedicating any time to regional sports coverage, just relying solely on games and an hour of post-game shows, and then selling the other 20 hours to Emerald Lagasse's made-for-TV copper pan. <laughs> you know, you have you have two networks now, and you have the backing of NBC or Comcast, and that's all you show. I want a regional sports coverage, like steal from ESPN uh, map, like do documentaries on sports stories that have gone on in Philadelphia. There's a lot of them. Every team's got something outside the field of play that, that would pique fans' interest. And, uh, you know, they just cut staff so that, you know, there, there's no, no more sideline reporting after these, these bubble seasons wrap up. That's a... Uh... I didn't even think about that. <laughs> kind of make me yeah, sad. Yeah, so I spent about 30 minutes around on them and stuff like that. So that's just pretty much what it is. It's sports and then whatever got me hot under the collar. <laughs> Not specifically about the actual athletic event, just whatever surrounded it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just just go ahead and listen to Turning to Great podcast, great guy. Brian, we thank, thank you so much for having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, fellas. And, uh, Go Sixers. Yeah, go Sixers, maybe. Go Flyers, definitely. Um, go Birds. Go Birds. All right, take care, man. Appreciate it. All right. All right, we thank Brian for coming on. It was a great interview. Uh, go ahead and follow him at Petty Canoodler on Twitter. A very funny Twitter handle. Uh, funny guy. Great takes. And, you know, just really appreciate him being on. Um, now, let's get to frustrating topics, which are the Sixers in general. Um. We will be providing some updates throughout and letting you know our our opinions. We're in the fourth quarter right now. It's 85-83 Sixers. And, yeah, I'm going to stop there, and we're going to talk some Flyers. Okay? Indeed. I'm going to shift the lines. We're going to talk some Flyers. Okay. Game one. Yes. They played well up until about the middle of the second period and then started to look lethargic out there. That seemed to trail into game two where they looked like they were just dead fish. 
Yeah, game one, uh, second period, I thought the defense was a little... They kind of were... Uh, well, I don't know what the right word is. Like, not even the defense. They couldn't. They couldn't maintain puck possession. Yeah, like they. they it was in the Canadians in, were everywhere. Right. They were. It was in the flyer zone almost the whole period. The third period, they came out and played better defense, which was good. Um, in the third period of game one, game two was a dumpster fire the entire game. Uh, no, no matter how you look at it. Uh, you know, I mean, and and really, it, it was just that, like the defense was horrible. They were like they weren't putting any pressure on them. Uh, you know. The Canadian speed really shit like really came out and and you saw that, um, you know Car. I mean, I don't really blame Carter Hart, but you know giving up four goals, no matter who it is, they're gonna they're gonna yank you, especially in the playoffs. Um, so you know it was just a, an all around bad game, I and mean, we had no offensive pressure. And then game three came out defensively, we were phenomenal in my opinion. Um, obviously not giving up a goal is great. Carter Hart came bounced back. Um. Now that he's 22 years old, which is crazy still. Um, and then defensively, we're better. Offensively, still looked a little weird, in my opinion. It, they just looked off. I mean, you know, they got lucky. They got that first goal, and I thought, okay, now they're back in the swing of things. But that, that was it. I mean, they only scored the one goal. Um, you know, the power play is still a big issue. Um, a really big issue. I mean, we, we're one for, what, 26, whatever it is, something, something along those lines. Um, but game three defensively, we were, we were very much improved. Uh, we had 36 hits like you, uh, like you mentioned in the interview. Um, and just, but we just, we got to clean things up some, uh, clean up some things offensively, especially the power play. Yeah. I mean, the power play has been horrendous. Yeah. Horrible. One for 23, one for 24, Something right around like that, there. Yeah. Um, in game two, Carter Hart was pulled, but I don't really think it was, just Carter Hart's no, doing. No, 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 no. I don't want anyone to think that. Um, and I don't even think Carter Hart thought that because in game three he came out and he really performed. I mean, everyone, you know, everyone's going to, you know, immediately point to him because he's the goalie, but just, I mean, we just we were off defensively. We couldn't, we were letting them run the ice. Oh, yeah. Uh, no question. And we were putting zero pressure on them. We couldn't clear. It, it, just nothing was going well. Yeah. Um, so, moving on from that. Game four, we got that coming up tomorrow. You know, this series will end before we record next, I believe. Hopefully. So, well, game five is Wednesday. Oh, it's back to back. That's right. Yes. Tuesday. Game Wednesday. six is Friday. And yeah. Game seven, if needed, is Sunday. Yeah. So it will be over. Yeah. Um, we will have our opinions based off of that after. Yeah. Um, I I, don't, I have a neutral mindset going into this game. Yep. It could go either way. It could, yeah. If the Flyers actually... The Flyers should understand what this game means. This game, if they take the lead here, they are one step closer to winning this for Oscar. No question. And that's what they have to do. I think, I mean, you know, you know obviously what, what would happen with um, Montreal's head coach, Claude Julian, I believe his name is, having that, you know, the chest problem and then that turning into a big heart surgery. Honestly, that was a blessing in disguise for them. I mean, because now they have something to play for. I mean, especially with a with a team that is the underdog by a wide margin. Now, obviously, it's a horrible, horrible thing that happened, but this is something that they, they can play for now. It's like, it's 
It's something I thought the Flyers would do for Lindblom. And they are doing that because they're still winning games. But the, the, that's the best thing that could have happened for Montreal. Having something to play for. So, I mean, and Montreal's, I mean, all, and Montreal already as it is, is a pesky team. I mean, they hang around. I mean, they're not the best team, but they, they are, they'll, they'll steal a few games here and there. Um, so, I think the biggest thing to coming out in game four is just be more aggressive offensively. Um, t- I mean, just take more shots. I mean, that's really all it comes down to. Well, and again, too, uh, since Kirk Muller is running the team now, yeah. as Brian said earlier, they seem to be playing quicker hockey. Yeah. And it's really getting to us. Um, we knew the Montreal Canadiens were a pesky team. Yes. That's exactly how I pinpoint them. Mm-hmm. Uh, their speed and athleticism got the best of the Penguins, who was also – I hate the Penguins, but they're not a bad team. Uh, we just can't let that get to us, and we have to come out with that same exact energy. Um, our physicality last game really showed effective. Keep that up. Keep that um, up, especially. I would. I think that rattled them a little bit. Well, that's because they were just they were laying us out left and right, right. in game two, and that couldn't stand. So, I think the next game is going to be physical on both sides. No question. Um, it could be. I mean, honestly, it could be another defensive battle. Yeah, but see, that defensive battle included 24 blocked shots. It's not like it, it wasn't a boring hockey game. Oh, it's still it was just back and forth, right. you know. Um, the Flyers, although they didn't, neither team got that many opportunities. I think it was 23 to 19 shots. Yeah. Uh, shots on goal. Um, I mean, that's not enough either. 19 shots in a game. Well, I mean, 23 is not enough either I mean, for it's Montreal. Not, it's not, but I'm saying for the Flyers, especially, you know, if you're the number one seed. Look, I mean, having 19 shots Any is not... team in the playoffs right now is a championship contender. I mean, of course. They, uh, yeah, I mean, that, and that's the beautiful thing about hockey. Anything can We really know happen. the Magic is not winning the championship this year for in, in NBA. But if, I mean, you know, if teams like Montreal and I don't know who else, but, uh, you know, if, if teams like that, they catch fire. I mean, look at St. Louis last what's year. Happened. Yeah. Look at St. Louis last year. It was the same thing. Um, let's move on to our final topic and let's walk it off with the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh boy. All right. Oriole sweep. (laughs) Moving on. Sweep the Mets. Yeah. Nice. Hot. Uh, they are eight and nine now, I believe. Yes. So, I mean, that's. It's not great, but it's not garbage, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Phillies are going anywhere this year. No. Especially with this bullpen. <laughs> Dude, I, I just... Yeah. It's it's pretty bad, man. I mean, listen. Nola what, pitched, pitched another gem, which was great. Wheeler had a good game. That's really it for the pitching. <laughs> I mean, Harper's playing really well. JT, obviously, please, for the love of God, sign this man. Um, even Didi's playing really well. Um, Gene Segura wasn't playing well. This series, he kind of came out a little bit. So did Hoskins a little bit. Uh, but Sk- Kingery got sent down. <laughs> I mean, he got sent to the satellite team. <laughs> um so that's you know that's unfortunate. Boom, boom got called up. That's a big that's big news, and he has a few hits. He's been playing pretty well. 
Well, no, when Kingery got and back, keeping from, him in the lineup. When Kingery got back from the satellite team, he did get two hits. Oh, he's back. Okay, yeah, sorry. He played center field. <laughs> right, right. That's right. Um, but he got he got set down. Basically, what happened. But he got he got set back up. So yeah, sometimes that's just to scare him, you know. I hope it does. I mean, what are you batting ninety? <laughs> Uh, point not point zero nine point zero. zero nine, yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Oh man, the bullpen. The bullpen. Oh, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Two run, Tommy. You, you know it's bad when your most reliable arm is Hector Neris. <laughs> your second most reliable arm is two run. Two Tommy. run, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Nicknamed two run, Tommy by us. We should patent that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw it on Twitter somewhere, so I can't really patent it. But oh, darn it! Yeah, that's a great is, name, though. It, it might have been in it the fits Philly. Perfectly, it might have been in the Philly Sports Station group chat. I have no been, idea. Yeah. <laughs> We've just been saying it for so long at yeah. this point. It probably wasn't a Philly Sports Station group chat. It had to have been. And it's just it. It's a perfect nickname for him. Man, you know, I uh, th- this is this is one job that I love to do. I love sports. I love my terrible opinions about sports. <laughs> but there's one opinion that I have that is absolutely correct, and that's that the Phillies bullpen might be the worst bullpen put out in the last 40 years. And that's not a hot take, by the way. Like, worse than the Orioles right now, bad. Yeah, no question. That's a legitimate, that's not a the legitimate team, take. Not the team, the bullpen. Yeah. Specifically. Because the lineup is good. In my opinion. The lineup's just not consistent. And we've right. re- we've reiterated this point over and over and over again. But Reese Hoskins is not putting up the production at all that I thought he would over the no. last two years. No question. No. Not at all. Um, at, at some point, if I, I due to the shortness of this year, um, I will give him one more year before I start railing. Yeah. I mean, you know, he came up. You know, hit homers at an unbelievable pace. You just thought, all right, we got a power hitter. Well, pitchers figured him out. That too. But, but, I mean, he's not, he's just, I don't know. He just doesn't, I mean, his on-base percentage is good because he walks a lot, which is good. But he, he can't get hits. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird what happened to Reese. I mean, the pitcher just figured him out, and he's just not making adjustments. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is, but he still walks, which is good, I guess, as a start. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Harper's play, excuse me, playing really well. Uh, I met, We mentioned JT. You know, I mean, you know, I kind of noticed that Segura's not the hitter he used to be. I mean, he used to be a, a 300 hitter, no question, but now, you know, he hit, what, 280 last year, and I don't know what he's hitting now, but, um, yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see with the lineup. I mean, like you said, it's very inconsistent. Hopefully they can, they can, with this shortened season, you know, come up with a consistency. Hopefully Harper play, keeps playing the way he does. Um, but yeah, I mean, this team is not going anywhere as long as we have this bullpen. Jay Bruce struggling. Yes, he is too. That's right. Um, McCutcheon, he hasn't had a. Great year. He just hit a home run. He just hit his first home run in, like, forever, and he tweeted out a funny It feels like 84 feels years. Like 84 That's years. a funny gif. Uh, he's a great uh, guy. Great guy. But he, yeah, no, he's, I, he's, I love Kutch. It's just... He's also been struggling. And, you know, he is coming back from an injury, and Kutch is one of the better players I've seen growing up. 
as I was growing up, Andrew McCutcheon's name was all over baseball tonight, all over Sports Center, and it, former MVP. Yeah, and he's always going to be one of those players in my eyes that was one of the greats while I was growing up. Yeah, no question. But at some point, a great does decline. And of course, he does. I, yeah. I think this is where it is. Um, I mean, listen, he, he. I mean, he most certainly has declined. I think he's still a really good player. I think he's start a starter caliber player in this league, but he's nowhere near the obviously MVP years in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, well, he was a dominant player for them. For, once he started getting traded around, you right, knew yeah. it was on the decline. Um, I mean, he was on the Giants, Yankees, now he's on the Phillies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he, he is on the decline, but he's still, I mean, he's still a good player in my opinion. Hopefully yeah. he can turn things around. I agree. I, I just, uh, <sighs> we talked about it in the interview as well. I just don't think it's this year. It's not this year at all. No, nah, there's no way. Uh, I don't think we need to make a lot of changes to the bullpen before that happens. Uh, fortunately, it's all, it's all going to have to be signings and the front and office. If Clintac doesn't sign JT Real Muto, get him the hell out of town. Yeah, no question. Yeah. If you don't sign JT Real Muto, you're on the island. Yep. How many people is it? Does the island have a maximum limit, or are we no. just going to? No, yeah, okay. No, 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 no. Cool. Do we? Uh, yeah, we we removed Ben McAdoo from the island. Yeah, I didn't see the point of having him there. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he almost came to the Eagles head coach, but he didn't. And he went to the Giants, ruined that organization, so. I, I think that, ge- that, that gives is the him, only yeah. thing that gives you a pass. That gives him a pass for, for the island. The thing that forbids you from getting onto the island, from ever being put on the island, is destroying the Cowboys organization from inside out. If you can do that. If you can do that, we'll have a separate island for the, the good people. Jason Garrett. <laughs> that dude sucks. He does. <laughs> but now he's in the Giants, so he's not there yet. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know, but we do have one last thing to talk about. Guess what time of year it is? Fantasy football draft time, baby! That's so hot. Oh, it's the best. I love fantasy football. I can't wait for our dress. <laughs> one of my leagues just got canceled, unfortunately, so I have to find another one. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, now I'm only in two. I'm at two as well. I need three. I need three. Three is the magic number. Three is the perfect number, yep. Because if you suck in one, you're like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Then you're okay in another one. You're like, it doesn't matter. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Yep. And then you kill the other one and lose in the second round every single time. Except one year. I won I won two years ago. Yeah, I haven't won like five years, so. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, championship it, last year, but I lost. Oh, uh, that sucks. DeAndre Hopkins freaking blew, blew it for me. Didn't do anything. Yeah. And Sixers are going to have to lose, so. All right. There's that. It's 99-91 with 428 left in the fourth. That's it. Yeah, it's over. But, um, okay. If you had the number one overall pick in fantasy football in your league. Christian McCaffrey. Same. Yeah, I mean. I love Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, come on. Um, okay, who would your, if, okay, if you had the 12 and the 13, no, excuse me, the 10 and 11, who would you pick? I mean, it, it depends who's there. I mean. Who, who is your later in the first round? Uh, like, there's always a running back that you can take later in the first round that you don't really expect and kills it. Like, I used to take Melvin Gordon. I won't this year. But, um, hmm. Josh Jacobs, maybe. 
You think? Or I mean, listen. I don't. I just don't. I don't want to say this to be biased, but Miles Sanders. Yeah, I actually think so too. I mean, I like that. Or I mean, you look at who else? Um, I had someone else. I can't. I just lost it though. Um, I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire maybe. Now that Damian Williams opted out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he was going to be good. I don't know. I mean, I would have to. I would have to look like a rankings thing to to really tell you. I mean, I can look it up. Nah, we'll 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 do this next next week. Um, we'll get really into it. Um, so we have a few minutes to kill because the Sixers are still playing. Yeah, they're gonna lose. My prediction. Is that they are going to lose? Uh, yeah. Well, what else is new? If they do not, okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I still mean everything I said about Brett Brown. Oh yeah, no question. Me too. But um, do you have anything else to add before we? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's going to go way early. You think? Yeah, he's going to go in the top five. Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon. Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones. Nick Chubb. Chubby, chubby, chubby. And then after that... See, keeper leagues are going to be tough with Chubb. No, keeper leagues are going to be tough with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I got uh, I keep Russell Wilson in my keeper league this year. It's awesome. I mean, I had Patrick Mahomes in a keeper league, but I left that league because it was dead, so there's that. I mean, I, I can keep Colin Murray in a league. It's not bad. All right. Well, okay. Well, we're, we're going to come down with a projected 1 through 10 pick for uh, any sane person who should be in a 10-person league, not 12. Right. If you're in a 12-person league, just get out of it. I'm in a 12-person league. Just get out of it. No. I mean, because you're, well, you're only in two, though. Yeah, I, I, I won two years ago in the 12-person I'm not a fan of 12-person 12, 12, uh, league. More money, harder to win. <sighs> yeah. I mean, that's my reason. Harder to win, you have to pay more money. More money, you're going to lose, most likely. Yeah. Speaking of losing, Sixers are doing that. All right. I think we've reached our destination for the day. We thank you for listening to the Bandwagon Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at PHL the Bandwagon. Uh, follow us on Facebook also at PHL the Bandwagon. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. <laughs> Go to PhilSportsNation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desired desires. Go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL Bandwagon and listen to us on Anchor. Uh... This episode was brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and use code PHL for 20% off your order and free shipping. Again, that's code PHL for 20% off your order and free shipping. That promo code expires on August 27th. We thank you for hopping aboard. Thank you for riding along with us. And we look forward to seeing you at the next stop.